Greetings, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Decision Hour. I'm your host, Adam Burt, and I have a very special guest lined up for you today. I uh, was introduced to this young lady a little over a year ago, and it's been, yeah, yeah, over a year ago. Uh, just pre-COVID, we'll say like pre-pre-COVID, uh, I was introduced. We met at a at an event, hit it off, become very good friends, um, and I'm honored to say that. Um, she is getting ready to retire. She's a lieutenant colonel, uh, the, the greatest uh, military branch, the Army. Um, That's right. Yeah, getting ready to retire uh, here this year. Um, and she does a plethora of other things now. She's a podcast host, public speaker, uh, a recent entrepreneur, and um, she is also a senior marketing manager. We're going to talk a little bit about all of that stuff uh, here very shortly. So without further ado, my friend... Olivia Nunn. Olivia, how are you? Good. Thank you, Adam, for the invite and to be a guest on your show. This is going to be fun. I've, I've been looking forward to this. You and I have, we got good synergy. We've been, uh, I can honestly say that you and I have been become very good friends over the last year and a half. And um, you just do a, a, a ton of stuff. So let's, let's just dive into it. Why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so I am currently active duty. I'm in the greatest army in the world, the United States Army. Ooh. And I will hit 20 years this June, and I am choosing to retire. So I'm actually in my retirement window. I'm in what we say the terminal leave is the old old timers, right? And now we call it transition. <laughs> I'm in those few last months, and I will be a blue card ID card holder on 1 September. So coming really close, but I was a dual military couple. Uh, we do have two small children that we co-parent well with. And um, yeah, so it's all about, I'm at the point in my life where it's shedding the uniform and everything that comes with it, the good, the bad, the indifferent and ugly. Right. And then at the same time, you know, reinventing myself in corporate America and being an entrepreneur and all the, the, the fun and the pain that comes with it. And then, you know, at the same time, um, trying to figure out life as a, as a single mom, you know, and I, I say that very loosely because the definition of single can be widely held. Um, but I say single as in I'm not married, right? but I have great family support that helps me, uh, through day-to-day life, especially with raising my kids. So super blessed. So, Let's talk about your transition because you're in that in the middle of it right now. Do you have, you know, most people are retired and they're like, I'm retiring. I'm not going to do anything. Or they're like, I'm retiring. Damn, I got to find a job or I got to find a different career path or anything like that. So what have you decided to do? So I think it's kind of like for those that have gone to college, that whole like, let's go through a bunch of majors to figure out what I'm going to do and settle on. I, I went through that. And that process started for me a long time ago. And it's something we preach at Soldier for Life, which is the last organization that I was involved in for the Army. And we talk about prepare for your transition. Ideally, you're talking 24 months out from the day that you choose to exit, whether you're ETSing or retiring, you're starting to put your plan in place. And I did the same. I actually started about 36 months. So I went from the, I'm going to get out to be a stay at home mom, you know, spend all my time with kids. Um, And then it progressed to, I realized I'm not a stay at home mom. 
I like being, I like having a job. I like going out. I love networking. That's where I thrive. And so sitting at home with my kids, I realized doesn't make this mom happy. So then it went to, okay, go get a job. And the job didn't need to be in terms of salary management, just more passion management, go find a job that you would be passionate about. And that was refreshing to be able to do that. And then it went from go find a job that you're passionate about that's going to pay you. And so that I didn't perish the skills that I have obtained over the course of the last 20 years as a leader, and especially as a communicator, as a public affairs officer. And then the last phase of it was, no, now it's, I'm going to find a job. It, it serves a couple of purpose. It is the next step for me. It is also because I, I need it, um, you know, being newly divorced in terms of creating life for myself, you know, having a house and all of that, that you no longer have a partner with. So that's kind of been the evolution for me is going from, I'm going to stay at home to now I'm going to go into corporate. And not only did I go into corporate, but I kind of did a hybrid where I got a job. Okay. So I am in corporate America. I am a defense contractor. I work for a contracting company that gives, you know, that's contracts back to the government. And then, so that's my day job, if you will. And then on the side, I am still doing the entrepreneurial side. I started a consulting company so that I can consult on the things that I've already done in the last few years, everything from social media to website, to branding, to podcasting, uh, crisis communications, media relations, all the things that I did as a communicator. Now I'm doing that and getting paid to do it. And I still do speeches. I still give public speeches and getting paid to do that, which was nice. Um, and then, you know, ideally, you know, that would morph into something where maybe corporate kind of goes down and entrepreneurship goes up. We'll see, but that's kind of the path that I'm on right now. So I want to I want to focus a little bit on the the corporate America side of things and then transition into your entrepreneurial uh, side of things. So starting from the corporate side, as you were transitioning or as you've been transitioning out, and now that you're in that corporate America side, were you out there going to like? I mean, last year we had COVID, right? So it wasn't like there was a whole lot of face to face career fairs that you could go to, and and the military has changed so much because I've been out forever uh, at this point like you know back in back in my day you know we had you know we we had that where the, you know you'd have a career fair or something would come to the base or, or you'd go somewhere out in in, in the civilian uh, local area and and you'd have tables set up and you would meet with uh, recruiters from different different companies and stuff like that, like networking events kind of a thing and stuff like that. It, did you have that similar experience, although probably like online, or the fact that you were with, as you mentioned, Soldier for Life and, and Active Duty, did you have certain things that like, hey, I just have these resources and people that I know. Like, How did you tap into where you wanted to go and where that got you to where you are now? Yeah. So I'll explain the path that I took, but before I get there, what I do want to say is that every transition is different for everybody. Everybody has a different path and I'm not going to, um, scored around the issue that the fact that it is different for lower enlisted as senior enlisted and uh, junior officers and senior officers, those paths are very different. And that's because of your age and your experience that the military is going to give you. 
please do not take that as if you're at the if lower enlisted or right. lower officer that you can't achieve great success. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying it's just tailored differently. Mm-hmm. So because I'm a lieutenant colonel, I'm looking at the executive side of the house. That's right. the that's the part of corporate that I want to get into. So for me, the rule of the game is to get into that side, the executive side, more times than not, those positions aren't going to be available. Like you're not going to find a job listing on Glassdoor, Indeed, or anything like that. They tend to be internal. It's, you know, somebody in the company that realizes that position's mm-hmm. open and then you somehow through your network, get that. And then you interview. Um, so that's kind of where I was trying to go. And so it's all about the things we preach at soldier for life. It is network, network, network. I talk about that all the time and yes, COVID made it harder, but you've got to come out of your shell and network on the digital platforms. And LinkedIn is a great platform. I love that platform. I do not get paid by them. Um, this isn't a paid advertisement for LinkedIn. It's it's just, it's a, it's a free tool. So why wouldn't you use it as an individual? Right. So with that being said, my path went, um, from that concept of it's not what you know, it is who you know. I literally used my network. I made a phone call to a colleague of mine. He's a friend and a colleague, someone I worked with before. He's actually now the press secretary for the VA, Mr. Terrence Hayes. We've been uh, friends for a long time and I called him up and I said, hey, I've got some shifts in my personal life. And with that being said, I am singularly focused on my non-negotiable list. So those things that you want out of your job. And I've, I have stack ordered or put in order of merit list OML. So our military, you know, I know you love that word. (laughs) I put in my OML, the things I was going for. And for me, it was salary full stop. Not going to lie. I had to chase salary because of where I find myself in my personal life. So I called Terrence like, Terrence, I'm not even gonna lie. I got to find a job that pays me well because I'm staying in DC. And oh, by the way, it ain't cheap around here. And I want to get paid for it. Right. He's like, okay, no worries. I'll keep my ear to the ground. If I hear anything, know anything, I'll send it your way. Not even a week or two later, he ends up having a conversation with a mutual friend of ours. And that mutual friend said, hey, I got a job opening in my company and uh, we really need somebody. Do you know anybody? And Terrence was like, actually, I do. And you know her. <laughs> We're all friends. You should talk to Olivia. And Terrence called me right away. He's like, yo, Olivia, you remember Justin? Yeah, I do. The old Sec Army's PA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to call him. You got to talk to him. He's got a job opening as company. And, I, you know, and I, from what I understand, they pay pretty well. Okay, cool. I texted Justin and said, hey, Justin, heard that you've got a, a job opening in your company. Do you have time to talk? He said, yep, we scheduled a time. We talked for about an hour, hour and a half. And he gave me the lowdown of what the job is like, who was holding the position at the time, which actually is coincidentally another coworker, friend of ours. And um, they're going on to do bigger and better things. And then he said, Would, are you interested? And honestly, in that conversation, there was a part of me that's like, yeah, I'm interested because I need a job. I need a J-O-B. Right. But the other part of me was like, yeah, this isn't exactly what I envisioned to be my job when I came out of the army. I was thinking more on the creative side. You know, ideally, I would be working for a company to be a podcast host like that, you know, taking what I do for Soldier for Life podcast, but do it for somebody else and get paid like nice money. Right. That's kind of what I was looking for. <laughs> and um and so I I said, sure, I will definitely have a conversation with your recruiter. And that's the first point I want to make is that treat every engagement, every opportunity as if that is going to be your perfect dream job. And realize that it won't be, but just treat it as such. Every time that you interview is a chance for you to get better. 
Right. And that's kind of how I looked at it. So Justin said, Hey, I'll, I'll hook you up with your HR department, our, our talent guys. And um, the senior HR talent recruiter contacted me via email and said, Hey, I'm going to put one of my leads on. He's going to contact you tomorrow. Is that cool? Yep. So Tuesday, I get a phone call from Dylan and I'm talking to Dylan. So I'm with S2S Analytical Solutions and um, S2's uh, recruiter, Dylan, contacts me and we end up having a conversation. While I'm talking to him is when I sent him my resume. So never in this process did I submit a resume to anybody. This is just, I had a call with Justin. Justin told John, John's like, Dylan, go go forth and conquer, have have a chat with this young lady. So here I am talking to Dylan for about an hour and he's like, wow, Olivia, I've enjoyed my conversation, but I'm going to be truthful. We've got to interview other people, but um, just stay tuned. About two hours later, Dylan texts me back. Hey, I had, I enjoyed the conversation. In fact, I enjoyed it so much. I talked to the program manager and he was excited about your resume and about my conversation with you. He would like to talk to you tomorrow. Do you have time? Absolutely. So I did another, you know, so this is round two interview or round one. And this is really, this happened relatively very, very quickly. You know, Tuesday, now Wednesday. So Wednesday, the very next day, 24 hours later, I'm having a phone call with the program manager and I'm having a great conversation. And I knew going, so he starts off, he's like, Hey, you know, I'm retired Navy officer and da da da. And he was very pleasant. And I said, I'm probably going to shoot myself in the foot and I'm probably going to kill my chance to work with you guys. But I have to say this, go army, (laughs) beat Navy. And he just started laughing and we just kind of like joked around for a few minutes. And then we got back to business and stuff like that. And, um, you know, like I said, authenticity, right? Be real, be who you are, but be professional and be courteous. And that's what I was in that call. And it worked out next thing I know. And he tells me, Hey, Olivia, I love this conversation, but I got to interview four or five other people. I'll get back with you. Okay, cool. Two hours after I get off the call, Dylan texts me and said, Hey, the program manager loved the conversation with you. Loved it. I will keep in touch with you and tell you how things shake out. Okay. okay, no problem. Thursday morning. So we're talking the next 24 hours, nine o'clock phone call, text, email. Congratulations. Here's your offer. So 72 hours from the time that I was speaking with the arm of the company that could do the hiring, right? I, I basically locked it in. Of course I did my due diligence. I went back and renegotiated some things, you know, not going to lie. And I, you know, I got a little bit more, so that was good. And it, it met all my non-negotiables, my salary, the uh, able to work from home, because that's going to be important as I shift into not wearing the uniform. And I held on to that. And let me tell you, I did that interview back in February. I start, I just started my terminal leave, if you will. Right. And this is May. So I knew before Valentine's Day that I had secured a job. Now, I kept it close hold for a a number of reasons. If there was another opportunity that came along, you know, you always keep yourself open to that. And two, um, you know, I just wanted to make sure that this was the choice that I wanted to take. And I took that choice in February just because things in my personal life, it I really needed to. I needed to remove that box of of anxiety, of stepping out of the uniform and not having employment. And I will tell you the the lesson I learned out of it is that everything we have taught in Soldier for Life, advocating for yourself, doing your resume, getting out there, networking, it's, it's not what you know, it's who you know. All of those things came to play in my own personal story of securing a job. And it, this is the other thing it did for me. In that first, and this was like my first 
interview. It was like a first job interview, right? Like, <laughs> like stars aligned. Faith is important to me. You know, this, this yeah. was all guided, but what it also did for me is, you know, in my course of soldier for life and working with a ton of people, you know, I get a lot of industry best practices and all of that. And one of the things that I struggled with as an individual was my worth. What is my salary worth? outside because in the military, it's dictated to you. It's your rank and the number of years that you have. Now you might get some additional duty pay depending on your specialty. You know, if you're on EOD or flight or surgeon or something like that, but for the most part, you know, your salary and it doesn't go up except for if Congress gives us a pay raise at the beginning of the year (laughs) and you know, the every two year increment. So to hear from somebody that, you know, you're worth X amount of dollars. And I was looking at that figure going, who would pay me that? Like that's a high figure who would pay me that. And it was, it was, it was a personal hurdle for me to get over. And when I did that interview and I had asked for that figure and they like, without hesitation, gave it to me, I'm like, Oh, Oh, I am worth that. And more. And I think that's a confidence boost, but that's a learning curve that I don't think that regardless of how many times people tell you that you've got to go through it on your own. You've got to go through that growth and realize what your worth is. And that's important when you go into negotiations. I love that. That's such a key point right there. Most people don't even realize you don't have to take the, uh, you get offered a position or a salary, go in and negotiate. Like most people are just like, Oh, well, that's what they're offering me. So that's what it is. Don't be afraid to put yourself out there and ask for for more if 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 you're worth more and and whatnot. Now, here's the thing: they may come back and say no, but you will never know unless yeah. you put yourself out there and and do it. Case in point, right here. I mean, that's a prime example. And really, I'm not even gonna lie. Going back in that email and saying I wanted more was very uncomfortable. I'm not even going to, and I think that's the part that you hear all the time, you know, go out and ask more, go, 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 go. But I I think the part that doesn't get discussed is the feelings, the emotional side. And I I stressed about that email. I sent it to four colleagues. I sent it to some, uh, you know, if you're in the state of Virginia and you work with the uh, Virginia veterans office, right? There's some two amazing people I work with there, Alfredo Torres and Katie Spinzanola, and they are great friends. They're mentors and they've been coaches for me. And so I sent it to them and I'm like, Hey, can you look at this email? Make sure it's like respectful, but at the same time, like they understand that this isn't a beg, borrow, plea. that this is more of like, Hey, I'm listening. Here's what you're offering, but here's what I'm asking back. It was uncomfortable. Yeah. Even when I hit send, I was like, oh, but you, you, you just, you got to do it. Yeah. So what is, so what's your title then? Or I don't want to say title, but what, what is it that you're doing? I, I see senior marketing manager, manager. and, and I, yeah. and I've, I know you, so I'm trying to figure out how to word this in a way where I don't know you. <laughs> what, it, you, you have, and you're also a social media strategist. Obviously, your podcast host um, for Soldier for Life, and and for those of you that are listening to this right now, especially you active duty people uh, in the army specifically, and 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 I would say this with any branch really, you can get a lot out of the Soldier for Life podcast show. Open up another browser and go check it out right now. Um, Absolutely, you're an entrepreneur. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, you just so I- you just recently. You recently 
started your own business? I did. So I think I'll answer the first part, right? Uh, what do, What is it that I do? Yeah. Like I said, S2 Analytical Solutions are a contracting company, small, about three, 350 employees. And they contract back to the government, specifically to the NGA, National Geospace Intelligence Agency. Oh, wow. So I'm so I'm in the IC world, and that stands for the intelligence community. Um, I am... I've been familiar with that community when I was, you know, in, I was a chemical officer before being a public affairs and, you know, I have three deployments under my belt. You know, I, I spent a lot of time in skiffs, a lot of information, you know, a lot of that fun stuff, if you will. Yeah. And then that when I was at army public affairs, the G army G2 was in my portfolio. So I'm, I'm, I was, I'm familiar with that community, but it's not my wheelhouse, if you will. Right. And uh, so I'm learning you know, drinking by the fire hose. It's been one week. This has been the first week. And, you know, just like any other great organization, they have alphabet soup, you know, jargon soup. And it's just now learning the new, the new language. Um, But the the big thing is, you know, working with them to help socialize and manage, you know, and market the, the key services that they do exactly what they do. I don't know, you know, maybe in a subsequent call, we could get into it, but as of right now, you know, um, that's what I'm doing. And, you know, the title senior marketing manager, you know, uh, one of the best practices that I got in the numerous phone calls, podcasts, and conversations that I had is that, you know, one of the things that you have to look at is, is the title of the job that important to you? Is that something that you want to negotiate or not negotiate? If you understand the career path that you're going to take and how you need to get to the top, whatever that top may be for you, maybe the title positions matter to you. Maybe they don't. For me, I was indifferent with the title. My number one objective was salary. Right. Salary, then working from home. The title, sure, that was on my list, but it wasn't like I can negotiate that. Right. You know? Right. At the end of the day, it's my skill set that that they wanted, right? It's all the things that I'm doing right now for Soldier for Life, and that's what they want to incorporate into this position. And then switching gears, you know, to answer your second question about entrepreneurship. Um, let me tell you, I never thought I'd be an entrepreneur okay. at all. Uh, I think it's because, you know, I've been, you know, I was married for 16 years together for 20 and, you know, our dream that we built together was that I would always be a, you know, a role by support by fire. And, you know, he wanted to be an entrepreneur, not that he never said I couldn't be like, please don't take it like that. It was just that when you go into entrepreneurship and when you build businesses, there's a huge set of risk. And when we looked at our family and what we had as income and debt ratio and where we're living and where our kids need to go to school, you know, we realized that two entrepreneurs and taking that risk of not having, you know, a bona fide check every month or every two weeks, however, depend the pay cycle is, was a little too much for us. And it was a little too much um, risk for us to take. So we focused on him being an entrepreneur. And I think when I left out of that marriage and coming into my own, I just kind of, you know, went to the thought process of, you know, I'm just going to get a job. I'm going to get a great paying job. I'm going to like what I do and I'm going to support my family and I'm going to be happy and and that's it. Um, but basically I've been prodded along for the last couple of years by some colleagues and um, a couple of friends that are like, Olivia, you need to create an LLC. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like, no, 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 no. I said, yeah, but I give all my information free at Soldier for Life. What you would come see me for as Lieutenant Colonel Nunn, I right. would now charge you. Right. And so I was like, nobody would want to listen to me. And she's like, no. And one particular friend, Major General Russell was like, Olivia, I listen to you. Your desk is next to mine. I, heard, I hear you pitch multiple times a day. You've got talent. You need to go do it. 
I still kind of balked at that. And as I was going through my my transition of actually exiting out of the army, I had some phone calls with some various friends of mine who owns businesses and um, having a conversation with them. They're like, I want to give you a job, Olivia. I, I know that you're going to go to corporate America, but I want to give you a side hustle. I want to use the talent that you have, tap into your network, expand on my network and do great things. So let me know when you can take on a job. And I realized I kind of need an LLC to do that. I didn't have to, but it does make it a lot easier. Right, right. And so I literally pulled the trigger. And within a week and a half from that final conversation, and the person I had it with was um, Scott Davidson. Everyone knows him from Burbiz. And I had, and finally, when he said that to me, it, like all of a sudden, everyone's conversation just all clicked together why I needed to have an LLC. So I created it. It still wasn't until I think like last week, in my final week that, uh, that I realized when someone said to me, Hey, Olivia, and I, and I announced that I was going to be an entrepreneur in terms of, and I didn't really use the word entrepreneur that I started Olivia Nunn communications, LLC. I, you know, the brand is me, like people know Olivia Nunn. And so I stuck with that branding, which is a conversation you and I had on, on a side note, right? We, I went back and forth about what should I call my company? Should it, you know, all of these cool names, um, you know, what's the website. And I realized I've owned my name, my domain, my name in, in a domain for a long time. And I just realized, why am I not putting it to use? Yep. So, you know, it's Olivia Nunn.com. And I just, it doesn't go anywhere right now, but it will eventually. And I said, well, why don't I expand on that? And, um, and I realized in that moment when people were congratulating me on LinkedIn, like I have a lot of comments and I'm very humbled and thankful by that, but people were like, oh my gosh, Olivia, it's so cool. You're an entrepreneur. And I think by the time I read 50 of them, I'm like, I finally clicked. I said, oh, I'm an entrepreneur. (laughs) I did that. Um, And so, and then I think with that, there was a click in my mind about, you know, um, you know, vision board or dream board. I kind of created a vision board in my head and, you know, all this time it was survival for me. It was survival, just get a great paying job, do this and do that, get out of debt and you'll be fine and be happy. And I finally, like all of it clicked when I realized the potential that's out there and the potential that I have, that yeah. I'm like, what's stopping me from owning my dream, from having that dream? And, you know, I unabashedly say this, you know, to be a millionaire, to roll in a fat car in a nice house, right? Wear nice things. I mean, I already do a lot of that already, but like on a bigger scale. Right. And it just finally all clicked. I'm like, I I can do this. Yeah. And there's something about that and that growth and that development and owning that and saying, I am an entrepreneur, and I have a vision and a dream, and now I'm going to go for it. It's kind of freeing. I love it. I love it. So big question is, is the business just recently started, right? Yes. Are you taking on clients right now? I am. So if somebody's listening to this and they want to work with you, how do they get in touch with you? LinkedIn. Like I can't, again, it goes back to LinkedIn, right? It's so easy. Um, There's so much great content out there. Um, You know, first be connected with me on LinkedIn and two, you send me a message. In fact, um, in, in this one week's time of it all sinking in and that I'm consulting and I have a business, I've actually already received like four different invites to potentially, you know, work with different companies and, um, I'm going to be truthful. These, these consulting gigs do have to be minor Mm -hmm. and they would have to be on the side because my focus is this job. Eventually it will shift, right? Less 
less corporate and more being my own boss and bigger, bigger contracts and bigger consulting gigs. But for now, you know, it's, it's, it's baby steps, right? Very proud of my toes. Very, very proud of you. Um, okay. Listen, we're, we're coming up on time. I got one more question for you. I ask this to everybody. You're on a show called the decision hour, right? We make decisions every day. Name a time in your life where your feet were on the line and you had to make that decision. What was it and what was the atmosphere like for you at that time? So I think I'm going to be very personal here and I'm going to, you know, so I mentioned that I just recently went through a divorce and, you know, we are very amicable, you know, we co-parent and, you know, we have no animosity and it was choices that we both made for this. But it, even still, even when you make those choices, it's still devastating. You know, we were married for 16, together for 20. And that's my whole army career. That's all I've known. And um, and it took me to a dark spot. I'm not even going to lie. Like now I understand mental health in a way that I never understood it before. And that you need to cry out for help. And I didn't for a long time. I, I kept it silent. I was literally falling apart. You know, only a couple people knew. And finally, it got to the point where I had to go to behavioral health. I had to seek help. I was not in a good place mentally. I finally understood what depression and and what suicide really meant. Because to me before that, I was like, why? Why would you not want to be? Why would you not want to be around? I finally understood that from a very personal perspective. And I love my kids. But if it wasn't for my sister who lives with me, who literally had to pick up the pieces on a day to day basis, because there are days that I couldn't function. Like I got up because I knew I had to for my kids. But there there are moments that my mind was just not there. It was not functioning. You know, if you think of it from a car perspective, you know, of the eight cylinders, I had one fire. Seven of them were just not working. Um, And I just came to the decision point where I realized that this is my life these are the choices we have both made and I can either sit here and continuously sit in a, in a pool of sorrow and let that, that sadness overwhelm me and keep me there. Or I can rise up out of it. I can rise up and it's going to be painful and it's going to be hurtful. And yes, there are moments that I still mourn that and I do cry over it, but I knew I had to move forward. If anything for my kids, I did not want my kids to see a broken mom. I wanted them to see a mom that, yes, life is going to throw you some hard, hard curves, but that you can rise from that. Because that's what my mom taught me, right? right? And I think that's where a lot of my resiliency comes from is watching my mother, you know, do this time and time and time again. And it's realizing that, you know, everyone said that I'm like my mom. It's time that I tap into that. And as painful as it is, there's beauty on the other side. There's growth on the other side. And I'm completely at peace with where we're at. And, um, but yeah, that's the decision. Like you have to look at yourself and say, I can stay where I am and I have every right to stay there. Like no one's going to say that Olivia, you, you know, you shouldn't, that you can't feel that way or, or broken or no one's going to say anything about it, or I can rise up and move out of it and redefine what I think success is. I appreciate you saying that. And thank you for sharing that decision hour and spending uh, your morning with us here on the decision hour. Absolutely love it. Um, and I'm honored and, and truly grateful for, for our friendship. So thank you, Olivia, for, for joining us today. 
No, thank you. And, you know, like I talked about digging into resource and crying out for help, you know, you're one of the people that I had to cry help to, right? Just realizing that, you know, you have, you got to rely and it goes back to that network. This is why your tribe matters. This is why having a tribe matters. Folks, I'm telling you, uh, reach out to Olivia, get to know her. And and I will, I will have her uh, LinkedIn link in the show notes uh, for this episode here. That is all the time that we have for this episode. Before we let you go, make sure you check out Heroes Media Group, our parent company. Go check out all the shows. Uh, they are hiring right now for content creators. Go check them out. Send them a message. Uh, what else? Uh, yeah, that's it. Thanks for being here today. Until next time, you've been listening to The Decision Hour.